0: In dubious, dubious, dubious. It is your call. It is your game. It is your creation. Oh my god, they're so
1: enthusiastic! Glad to have an optimal theory for playing the game.
0: Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth
1: living in dubiously Podcasts, family and friends good day we have a wonderful show good day for Seth. you today um we have somebody very special on today a brother that i got the chance to know very closely uh over a beautiful weekend together and uh week actually and uh, i want to introduce to you david way and he's way cool
0: <laughs> uh, never heard that one before <laughs>
1: Yahweh. <laughs> uh, this brother's amazing. Uh, he's the China Giant, six four, Tower of Power. He's. Uh, I don't. I don't want to butcher this, bro. I'm going to let you t- tell me about your kung fu training.
0: Hey. Uh I'm a kung fu dude. Uh, I'm from Richmond, California, not the nicest place, and uh, I was surrounded by. A lot of angry, violent people, and I was terrified. Yeah. And so uh, as soon as I could learn martial arts, I got into it. And as such, I wanted to fight. I wanted to defend myself. I wanted to flex my power and strength. I wanted people to respect me and fear me. Yeah. And so you know, a big part of my martial career early on was fighting. Yeah. Um, and then it came to a point where I realized I could break an arm but couldn't fix it. Bless up. I, I saw the imbalance in my work. Yeah. And so I completely ditched the fighting, figured I'd had enough of that. Mm-hmm. And I went into the healing arts, got into acupuncture, herbs, acupressure, massage, uh, fasting, cleansing, and the yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, man. And after time in that, I realized that there was so much more depth. And it was the same shit. Yeah. You know, like I could do a wrist lock or I could do a, the wrist lock softer. Mm. And now it's stretch. Right. <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's the same technique, straight up, yeah, just different intention. So, I figured there might be another step further beyond the fighting, beyond the medicine. And so, I went to China to live in a temple, yeah, with Kung Fu monks in Wudong Mountain. Maybe you guys heard Wu Tang Clan, yeah, yeah. that's uh, the
2: mountain, <laughs> that's
0: the mountain. Yeah, and so I went there for five years and explored the spiritual aspect of the work, yeah. And uh, now I, I still I'm learning, still seeking, still growing, uh, but I have a pretty good grasp on what's available and what humans can do with this stuff. And so now it's my purpose to share.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful, bro. And um, for the listeners and for us, um, you know, everybody has an idea of kung fu in their mind. And I think that I want to hear from you what the deeper uh, spiritual reasoning behind kung fu is. How it um, how it translates to your life and what it is sure. in general.
0: Yeah, well, Kung Fu, the way it's received here, when, when a common ear hears Kung Fu, they think self-defense, they think fighting, they think Bruce Lee, they think yep. fancy movies with flying in the rooftops and yep. Kung Fu Panda. You know, um, It revolves around martial arts. True. Sure. But if we were to take it for strict definition, Kung Fu does has nothing to do with martial arts. Mm-hmm. Kung Fu simply means hard work over time. And so you, know, you guys are musicians. You yeah. guys spend years honing your craft. Yeah. Kung Fu, right? Yeah. Um, a baker that makes the best gluten-free muffins. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Superb skill. Every yeah. time they make a batch, gets better and better and better, better. Only improves. Yeah. Uh, kung Fu. The, the bus driver that never misses a route. Always on time. Yeah. yeah? Uh, kung Fu. And so we would label these as masters, masters of their craft. And so the process of developing this skill and any skill uh, takes dedicated effort, concentration, and uh, you likely have to overcome some hardship and toil, make some sacrifices. And um, so a common stance for Kung Fu would be horse stance. Mm just stand right with just, your legs spread apart body low almost like a, a wall sit yeah. and just sit there right and it's hard but it's something that every martial artist has to do to develop the foundation basic skills yeah. of yeah. the art right it's like how many chords do you have to master you know or how many uh, vocal lessons do you have to master mm-hmm. you know to feel comfortable in your pitch yeah right so the idea is that it it takes hard work dedication over time consistent and persistent and so the way that shows up for me in my life you know to bring it back to your question is you know are we able to endure hardship yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. horse dance sucks repetition mm-hmm. sucks um, but who are you in the midst of something that sucks yeah, yeah. You know, when something sucks, really easy to complain, yeah. really easy to Love bicker, be bitter, really easy to blame, point fingers, really easy to avoid. Um, but can you just sit with something that's challenging yeah. and you learn something about yourself from that? You know? Yeah. So Kung Fu, it's hard work over time. But through that, you, you attain a degree of self-discovery yeah. and a sense of purpose.
2: Straight up, yeah. Such is life, you know. We can, yeah yeah, yeah. We, I feel like we come here to experience what you know I think I think we look at it through the eyes of duality, we look at it as, as hardship, but really it's opportunity. it's opportunity for growth. And yeah. uh, when we when we can see that, when we can have the foresight that that's what challenge really is is opportunity for growth, it makes the challenge so much more bearable because we can be, feel excited about what's about to come. Like, dude, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be a badass or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have absolutely. this new skill. Or I'm going to have this new emotional fortitude for me to, you know, really take it to the next level or whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah, and it's like the for polarization sure. of that um, suffering. It's like we talk about that a lot on the show. We do. Where it's, um, you know, suffering is like the, the gateway to inevitable joy. You can't have healing without it, you know, so it's yeah. it's a crucial component. So, like, if we can really embody during that suffering, if we can really, you know, learn to en- and not only endure but to—I wouldn't say enjoy because suffering is painful—but to uh, to accept it for what it is and to really see it in a in a in a way that it's it's eventual transformation,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah and I hear you. It's definitely not enjoyable. We're not sadistic. Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of a necessary evil. You know, you kind of got to get through it to get to it. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, it's very common, especially now in our modern era, where right swipe, double click, fast yeah. food, minute rice, yeah. you know, we're very quickly satiated. Yeah. And so when something takes more than a couple minutes, first, we got to overcome attention span. Yeah. yeah. Then we have to test our endurance and fortitude, uh, our work yeah. ethic, our drive. You know, there's all these other factors that come into play. With yeah. Straight up. Face yeah.
2: Well, I think there's, you know, I think there's people like you that have decided to apply themselves to like a lifestyle and like going, okay, I want to enter this type of suffering and this hard work to come out on the other end. And there's people like us who we were just kind of blessed where we were forced into suffering, you know, like we came into this life, you know, how, what I believe is that we come in kind of signed up for the experience of what we're going to be in our bodies and our physical experience. And we had all this, um, you know, physical health hardship and so early on yeah early on and it's kind of been a in the in the moment of it you know it's not something that you want and you go this sucks I want this to end but after now looking back in retrospect you go oh yo that was the most that was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's made me who I am that's given me the foundation of my of my of my belief and my you know certainty and the nature of the reality of what really truly matters you know and i think you effectively change your past that way right when yeah. you when you reflect on it positively
1: even though it was at the time perceivably negative and it becomes
2: a real thing you know that's that so yeah, do yeah, i got a question for you do you do you feel like kung fu and your path of of mastery and challenge and learning has is something that was guided to you or do you feel like you found it out of your own zeal
0: uh you know there's a distinction between fate and destiny. Yeah. And so fate, you mentioned before, you're kind of just put into positions. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, it's kind of outside your control, mm-hmm. uh, but then destiny is kind of what you make of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we kind of have this interplay of fate and destiny. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I could say that, yeah, I've made this happen. I'm self-made and, yeah, yeah. but not really, you know, cause yeah. I wouldn't have been here without my peers, my friends, my community, Yeah. Right. Uh, circumstances and I'm very blessed to have carved this path Mm -hmm. and you know how much of it is free will how much it is is God given right you know it's all blessing
1: well I think I like that the funny thing about free will and determinism in general is that it's a mix of both right we have we have the ability to make choices within whatever is potentially determined for us because there's things that we just are and have imposed on us and we get to make the free will choices within that. But, you know, that's a funny line, you know, it's a funny line to, to kind of feel like, yeah, we want to, we want to feel we have ultimate free will, but you know, there's circumstances of life that we sort of just have imposed on us. And so it's what you, what you do with it really.
0: Yeah. And your free will is going to be greatly determined on what you see as possible,
1: Mm.
0: you know, there's so many people that have endured harsh, harsh traumas, yep. uh, but turn that shit into fertilizer.
1: Yeah, yeah, straight up.
0: And because they saw a possibility for themselves, right? Earlier, we started the saying that a struggle is opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so someone that has that view will be able to turn it around and make something beautiful out of it. it literally turn the shit to fertilizer. Yeah. yeah. But then... You know, trauma is trauma. So whether you drowned in an inch of water or an ocean of water, you still drowned. Yeah. And it's interesting that someone can have a relatively small trauma, but fuck them up for the rest of their day. Absolutely. Yeah. Or someone can have a big thing and it could be just the thing that just the catapult that they needed for their tomorrow. Yep. And so, you know, trauma and relationships to trauma. It's interesting. Yep. You know, it all speaks to character and view. Yeah. What yeah. And you
1: touched drugs. on something really cool there. It's like suffering is very relative to the to the being because you know somebody can endure these intense hardships and you know have their houses burned down, have their you know their mom gets cancer, all these things, crazy stuff. And then somebody could not you know th- have a blessed life and and just not get you know the breakfast of waffles they were looking for. And <laughs> these things are. Yeah, exactly. But but in, in truth, you know, the being suffers no matter what, and so you know, these these the relativity of suffering is an interesting point because you know it's it's what you do with whatever is imposed on you and how you kind of polarize that to to create the fertilizer. It's a beautiful thing, really.
2: Yeah, turn waffles into fertilizer, man. Yes, eventually put them in, put every, them in the compost bin every time you eat waffles, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: turns right into fertilizer eventually.
2: That's a meme right there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i'm not sure what it means i'm a waffle processing machine um yeah brother um so yeah so kung fu i i i i see that as is um basically um we are turning we are tempering ourselves in any situation to um become a master at it and honing our craft um, so that can be translated to any portion of life. And I and I know that the spiritual discipline of Kung Fu is so much deeper than just, you know, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan fighting, you know, all these things. And yeah. so to hear that reflection is beautiful because it takes such um, will and uh, strength to be able to do what you've done, which is a beautiful thing, bro.
0: Right on, man. Well, it's all skill building, Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Whatever we repeat, we're going to get good at. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really easy to think, oh, I, I've attained this skill of mastery, uh, and that's um, good, right? But then there's also people that get really, really good at complaining. Just, oh yeah. Really, really get good. At yeah. Kung Fu that's complainers, to, man. That takes
2: practice and repetition. <laughs> yeah. <too.
1: laughs> Kung Fu master complainers.
2: <laughs> the competitive sport. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true, man. I know some. I know some Kung some Fu G's. Masters. Some G's in that. For sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oppression Olympics, right? I've endured more suffering than you. Right. Mm -hmm. My ancestors have eaten more bitter than you.
1: And you know the real masters, the ones that have endured some real suffering because they don't talk about it too often. (laughs) You know, they're the ones that that you can feel their their quiet peace. You know, they can feel their, their strength. And if you ask them, they'll tell you. But they're not going to advance that information unless you really want to know because what, is it, yeah. what does it do for you unless it inspires you?
0: For sure. That's an interesting point, too. Uh, a conversation that's come up recently is people that come from war-torn civilizations, no there's no haunted house. No, They're not going to watch <laughs> Friday the 13th. No. It's like, if you've been through that, you don't want to do it again. Yeah. You don't want to say that you don't want to bring it forward yep. it's, it's done Yep. but it's the people that are comfortable that had all their needs met and they kind of need that rush yeah yeah totally and so those are the people that bring that that uh tra- trauma forward it yeah. just shows how comfortable you are right yep. now totally bringing that forward that's yeah. a luxury Yep, it is
1: now and you're into some uh Daoist divination arts and uh I want to speak a little bit about that and what your um experience there is. And if you could uh kind of give a little background for the audience so that we could hear more about that.
0: Yeah, Taoist divination arts, um it, it's just data collection. Mm-hmm. Right. Consider we all do it. Maybe not Taoist divination, but cheap gasoline divination yep. or best place to get a burger divination. Ah. Like we all collect data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we use that data to make our lives more pleasurable or enjoyable or efficient or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? We all use data in different ways. And so divination from the Taoist view is just data collection. Mm -hmm. And then what do we do with it? Just make educated choices to improve our life experience. Oh, man, I love this. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And then so really common tools for Taoist divination would be astrology right? Uh, lots of ancestral cultures believe in astrology. What was it, J.P. Morgan Chase? He was like, millionaires don't believe in astrology.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Billionaires do.
1: Yeah, straight up. <laughs> <Right>. Nice. <laughs> it's, I
0: like astrology, that. Astrology, it's, it's interesting, right? It's an interesting tool, and you know, minus the, you know, your horoscope that's next to the comics in the newspaper, you know, there's legit cycles yep. and patterns that Our cosmos follow uh, spring, summer, fall, winter, for example. Spring, things are waking up. Fire, things are moving. Fall, things are starting to settle. Winter, things rest. Even in the course of a day, you have morning, that's your spring. You have your high noon, that's your summer. You have your evening, that's your fall. You have your nightfall, that's your winter. And so just living in accordance with your environment, that would be considered astrology. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh so that's one thing. Yeah. Right. Another divination tool is Palmistry. Oh, okay. Right. And so we think of our hands as a medium for the world. And so how we interact and relate to our world and repeatedly relate to our world, mm-hmm. it's gonna create creases and lines. Mm-hmm. So we can see if someone smiled their whole life. Yeah. Yeah, sort totally. of their whole life is created creases and lines. And so you can kind of get insight as to the person's character yeah. and choices that they've
2: made in their life. I really, I really like smiling. Yeah. It's fun, man. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we can look at your hands and say, oh, this line is relative to someone who has this characteristic or this trait. Right. And then in that, again, data collection. There's no good news, bad news. Mm-hmm. Right. If you get a good reading and like, oh, I can take it easy. And then because I choose to slack, then all this bad fortune comes.
1: Of course. Yeah.
0: Or if I get a bad reading and I'm like, oh shit, I better do something about this. And then I take that bad reading into something positive. Yeah. Right. So there's no good or bad news. Yeah. It's,
1: it's just what you do. And almost the bad news is, is sometimes the best news because then it lights a fire into your ass to do something about it. That's, that's, the, that's the truth.
0: For sure, and so Taoist divination, uh, we have tools of feng shui. Excuse me, uh, palm reading and astrology, and then that kind of gives us insight. And then, as far as making things happen, then we talk about feng shui. Okay. Mm. Let's talk about this. And so feng shui, wind and water, right? Feng wind, shui water, aerodynamics, hydrodynamics, very very similar. Yeah, they both flow and have currents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so feng shui doesn't necessarily mean interior design it's not where my couch is relative to my tv relative to my front door don't let your bed face your toilet yeah it's it's not so much that It speaks to flow right creating space for something to happen mm. right not just in your home but in your calendar uh, in your social sphere and you know if you want health make time for health yeah if you want love, make time for love. Create the space for this to be present and to appear it's and so arise true, bro. in life. Yeah. Feng shui, right? And that could be with my furnishings, that could be with my circumstances, that could be with my finances, that could be with my social circles. We could even look inside, right? If I'm leaning, my lungs, my liver, everything is kind of... Mm-hmm. right. I have poor feng shui yeah, inside, mm-hmm. and so... I want to sit up straight. I want to take deep breaths and I want to allow space for flow. Yeah.
2: Well, it's like alignment. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, like alignment. So I don't know, forget
1: if it's Mozart or Bach, but it's like music is the space between the notes. That's what it reminds me of, you know, it's like the, 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 the breadth that we give things and that allows for the space and the flow for it, us to actually appreciate the stuff that's happening. The note is appreciated because of the space and I think that translates to everything in this natural universe, because it, it all flows. And if you got it all bunched up in one area, there's no flow in between. And how can you appreciate... Like, if you had a bunch of really nice things in your house, and you put them all in one corner, all smashed on top of each other, No, nobody can appreciate what you have. Nobody can appreciate that flow. It was the That's French
2: nice. composer, Claude Debussy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, just to clarify, butchered that one. Okay. Well, we were close. <laughs> he was a composer. We got a fact checker over here.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I figure we might as well offer offer yeah, our no, podcast listeners no, a, save them a yeah. Google no, that's, search. That's, you know, that's, that's good. Ten of the times. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but
2: yeah, so it's it's really I, I I resonate very deeply with that. Right on. That's good right on. Yeah. I think alignment. I think alignment is super key in all in all aspects. You know, it's what I shoot for. It's being aligned to my heart and just finding the, the good the good feeling, you know. I search for the good feeling first thing in the morning, so I can find my alignment and then operate in my day and be looking through the prism of alignment, of feeling good, you know. And then everything seems a little better, everything seems a little easier. You know, it's kind of one of my, my things.
1: Yeah, there is like a, it seems to be like a spiritual, mental, emotional feng shui that we can achieve. Uh, in our lives, which is sort of like things are coming at us and we can either choose to resist them or we allow that natural river to flow. And then when we do that, then the magic starts to happen because it all kind of, you know, it's a, it's a natural universe. The rivers flow to the sea, so to speak. And so we can kind of, um, if we relax into what's happening to us or with us, we can kind of get into that feng shui. Does that, does that work? 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If feng shui again it's just wind and water, and so allowing space for flow, yeah, yeah it's exactly what you're talking about,
2: yep, going with the current man so um I'm sure you guys have uh, this is my first time meeting you so i have i have some i'm curious you know i wanna i wanna know a little bit about the uh your time at the Wudong monastery and because um, okay. that was for for you that was the time you were doing the spiritual aspect yeah I'm curious just the download on that, man. What was that like for you? For
0: sure. Yeah. Uh just to clarify, because um, yeah, it was monastic setting, mm-hmm. but it was a Kung Fu Academy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so anyone can go. Mm-hmm. Anyone can pay the tuition. Anyone yeah. can, can be there for however long. Uh it's there's no structured curriculum yeah. of you go this semester, you stay however long, and then you get your credential. It, it's not like that. Yeah. It's very Taoist and open and loose and in flow, yeah. <laughs> if you will. I like that. <laughs> so people kind of came and went. Yeah. And uh, I went in 06. I saved up a bunch of money to go for three months. I worked two years to afford to go for three months. And those three months blew my mind. You know, we all know the story of go to school, get a job, have a family, have kids, retire, die. Mm -hmm. We know that narrative. And some people are more successful at it than others. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of people may want something else, myself included. Uh, I didn't want that narrative. I knew that storyline. And I figured uh, it's worth trying something different. And so... I wanted to go to China and sure enough, I exposed myself to a different life. Every day you train eight, 10, 12 hours a day, right? Whereas here in the States, you're lucky if you get five, six hours a week yeah. class time. And here we had five, six hours before lunch yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. so just the growth potential was so much bigger yeah. And funny. my teacher would say, um, uh, translate. Yeah. Sometimes I speak Chinese, let you know I'm on. <laughs> I like it. But on top of the mountain, one year. Off the mountain, 10 years. So as to say, life is so slow, so simple that mm. well, a year can pass or 10 years can pass, but it'll feel just like one year. You only age one year. Mm hmm. But then down in the city in the hustle and bustle in the go, go, go rat race, only one year passes, but you age 10
2: years.
0: (laughs) And so uh, I really recognize the value of slowing down Mm. and honing a skill, which is something that we don't have time for here in the regular world, right? We have to work. We have social lives. We have obligations. We have... We want to have our downtime, but out of 24 hours in a day, how much time is left to hone a skill? How much time is left for self-discovery? How much time is left to discover a passion or purpose or much less execute and evolve through a passion and purpose, We just don't have time for that. And so, you know, going to China, I call it a monastic life because it was, all I did was explore me. so your
2: your few months turned into years well after my three months I
0: went back and I was so heartbroken because I was like oh my god it took me two years to save up for these three months well it's going to be another two years before I can save up again and go back I was was so distraught yeah and uh, fate destiny yeah you know, I happened to go in spring, stayed through the summer, came back in the fall. California just so happened to be harvest season. Yeah. Friend of mine said, come work the farm. I applied my Kung Fu work ethic to trim yeah. and weed.
1: Yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Kung, Kung Fu trimming, bro. And awesome.
0: in one month, I made enough money to spend the next year in China. That's awesome. And uh, so that's what I did. And I did that for a couple years. Uh, however, at some point, you know, California market was such that nobody wanted the outdoor organic. Everybody yeah. wanted the indoor fire. And then so uh, it shifted and I made less and less money. And at the same time, the American dollar was going down
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the Chinese dollar was going up.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And so what I felt was like a lot of money at one point I was barely scraping by yeah, yeah. getting back to China in years after that. But by that time, I'd already been there a good three, four years. Yeah. And you know my skill had elevated to a point, and I started to get invited to teach. Mm-hmm. And so instead of trimming weed, I switched gears, and uh, I started teaching instead. And I was able to make do that way.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, time in China, so Wudong Mountain, it's in Hubei province, Xi'an city. When I first went there, very, very rural, dirt roads, farmers on Mm -hmm. the streets, you know, uh, really, really rustic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing to do but train. Uh, But in my time there and time since having left, it's developed so much. Really, really? Tourist epicenter. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so every year they break records of previous years of tourism. Uh, I don't know about this year, of course, with circumstance, but um, certainly every year after I had left, new buildings, new neon lights, new developments, more money, uh, more schools. Uh, and then the more there is, the more watered down things get too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate to have gone when I did and get the authentic training and hands on. Person to person experience relationship with my teacher. Well, it's a mission. If you go to the school, you're learning from coaches. You're lucky if you get five. You're lucky if the teacher looks at you.
1: Really? Now, yeah. It's grown. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so how many people at Wudong Monastery at any, at any given time, would you say?
0: Uh, at my particular school and its peak, upwards of a hundred or so Chinese native students Mm -hmm. and maybe about 30, 40 foreign students. Yeah. When I first, first went maybe three of us foreign students, Mm -hmm. maybe 20 Chinese students. And so when I first went every day, teacher checked my pulse every day. Teacher looked at my tongue every day. Shifu said, you do this today. Go to the corner. Right. Wow. And then we got tailored instruction yeah. Yeah. specific to who we were and who our skill sets are, and what our trajectory is and what we need, you know, all, all those variables can be considered
1: in the practice. Now, how would they, how would they assess what you need or, um, your trajectory?
0: Got it. Well, uh, the teacher would assess your character, would get to know you over time to, uh, kind of see your strengths and weaknesses if you're introverted extroverted if you're uh if your natural leadership tendencies natural follower tendencies you know we all have these personality types and traits yeah and so over time and through hardship you get to know someone right you get to see how they deal with stress you get to see their work ethic and drive and from that the teacher kind of has an idea of who you are and what you need and how you can best grow or how to best use this material to help you grow. Mm-hmm. And so I was very fortunate to get that early on because once the school blew up, Shifu never took my pulse again, never looked at my tongue again, never gave me special instruction again. Then it became structured. Yeah. yeah. You know, okay, mornings are kicks, afternoons are stances, right. uh, evenings are forms, e- uh, late nights is meditation. You
2: just yeah, you stay you, stay the course. What are they yeah, What are they looking for on your tongue? Good question.
0: Uh, so it, stick out your tongue. Good. You guys may notice that it has kind of a white coat towards the back, maybe a little bit more red in the front. Uh, you may notice that it quivers. Right. Some people have a hard time sticking their tongue out. Still, mm-hmm. um, you might have ridges. Right. If your tongue is inflamed, you'll see that the ridges of your teeth along the sides of your okay. gum, yeah. uh, your gum, your your tongue might be dry, cracked, uh, might have uh, uh, boils or things. Yeah. all kinds of stuff oh, yeah. goes on your tongue. And we think of the tongue as if the heart is a fire, right? Heart fire, mm-hmm. common language. Yeah. Then the tongue is the flame. Oh wow! Right? Okay. The, the tongue flame yeah that's awesome and so it gives you insight into what's going on inside Uh right Uh, same thing with pulse commonly when we think pulse okay what's my heart rate per minute right bpm beats Mm -hmm. per minute right that's common thing but traditional chinese pulse and even ayurvedic systems and perhaps tibetan and other systems too they use multiple fingers And they feel for different pulses. And so you'll notice that we have a high, a middle, and a low, yeah? Heart, lung, liver, gallbladder, stomach, spleen, and then colon, bladder, reproduction organs. So each of these high, middle, low has two functions, respiratory vascular, digestion and assimilation, elimination and reproduction, Mm -hmm. right? And so I'm feeling... What's it like in your heart lung? What's it like in your liver, gallbladder, stomach, spleen? What's it like in your kidneys, reproductive wow. organs? Wow, yeah. very sensitive. And same thing with the tongue, right? Yeah. The tip of your tongue is going to be heart lung. Hmm. The middle of your tongue is going to be digestion and assimilation. The back of your tongue, that's uh, kidneys and such. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, wow. And so we kind of look at these high, middle, low, heaven, human, earth relationships and we look at the macro, or we look at the macro to observe the micro and sure. vice versa, right? As above, so below. Yeah, yeah. And so we kind of use these tools outside to get an understanding of what's going on inside. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you said it was a, it was kind of a, a, more of a spiritual, um, aspect of the Kung Fu. And as far as your, in your journey. And so everything you're describing seems a little bit more analytical and biological and physical. So where did that spiritual come in? Was there meditation? Was there some the divination and energetic read?
0: This is interesting. Very good conversation. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Because all of that spiritual. is spiritual. Yeah. Your tongue, your it, it would. How could it be void of spirit? Yeah, right, where right. is God not? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and so it's really easy to separate
2: mm-hmm.
0: the physical. To the ethereal. Yeah. yeah much, really easy to separate, but they're one and the same. Yeah. yeah. Your breath and body are one. Yeah. Right. You cannot have breath void of body. Straight you cannot up. have body void of breath. And so it may seem like, oh, analytical, this and that, mm-hmm. but it's very much spiritual. We uh, take on the idea that uh, your physicality is your spirituality, mm-hmm. your body is your temple. Yeah. It's a, right? very,
2: it's a very Eastern. Way I think it's it's part of my Western mind to separate the two.
0: Yeah, and it's common, you know. If I have a heartbreak, I'm going to go see my therapist. If I have a heart attack, I'm going to see my cardiologist. Right? It's still a matter of the heart, but why do I have to go to these two different places? Oh. Right? Whereas in Chinese medicine a Chinese view, Taoist view, there's no separation, yeah, yeah, and we up. get in, in what we call body language. If someone is in a particular mood. They're going to have a body that matches it. They're going to have a breath that matches it. And you can look at someone and be like, whoa, you you down today? Or whoa, take it easy today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just by the way we carry ourselves. And so again, no separation between spirit and body. And so even if you want to practice meditation, how are you going to practice meditation if your body hurts? Right. How are you going to be able to sit there if your body hurts? And so again, no separation. The, the more we are in tune with our physicality, the more we can be in tune with the spirit that resides there. And so one in the same, one in the same.
1: Yeah, I had a funny conversation with somebody a couple years ago that was, um, it was, it was good because I had said something, we were, t- the topic of Las Vegas came up and I said, oh man, that place is crazy and kind of given a negative spin on it, right? They're like, you know, it's funny because I think of Las Vegas as one of the most spiritual places on earth. And I said, why? I said, because it's, it's the most real and about what it is. It's, it's, not, it's not bullshitting you. It's authentic. Mm. And it hit me. That was a, that's a good one, you know? It's like we, we, want, we want spirituality in the West to look a certain way. And we want it to be about something that's disconnected from what we actually are but it's like all of these themes everything we play out in our life is is innately spiritual because it's a spiritual universe and so when spirituality becomes comes to the forefront of your your um your consciousness when you're when you're focused on spirituality you see it all as symbiotic and it all runs together so i really appreciate what you're saying about that cuz that's it's deep bless up bless up yeah, yeah
0: and bless down blessings all around all around right as we have to bless so it cool all out, right yeah. it's
1: like the, the dirty funky you know parts of life they're innately spiritual and we if we can if we can keep that um, mentality we can use it to our benefit and become kung fu masters of that as well mm-hmm. Um yeah
0: there's the phrase where is god not? Yep. You know and like you said it's really easy to think of god in these special places. Mm. And ultimately that's kind of why I left the temple. Mm. Because you know sure in the temple it's heavenly easy life but then uh, that kind of stagnates. Yep. And you know the real work is amidst the people. Yep. Right. And so mm-hmm. if we can't find spirituality here, yep. where will we find it? Right. Because it's everywhere.
1: It's a Western a concept, you know. Um, for all the benefits of Christianity, the um, what I see is some of the perversions of it are that we've we've placed God somewhere else. We've put God on a mountaintop high above us, out of our reaches as as sinners, so to speak. And the truth is, it's it's as above, so below. We are created in His image, and to have that. Mentality means that you have to apply it to every little aspect of your life as God is with you at all times because it's all under the same umbrella. How could it be separate if we if we believe it's all it's all God, then it's all God. So bless those times when it's like you're down in the gutters. Bless those times because that's part of this experience. And you know that's one of the things that a boga has taught me, which is, Segue. Segway. <laughs> Segway. It, it actually, is. it's it's a beautiful thing because you know Aboga's taught me that you know like where we're at at any given time is is part of the journey. It's part of the process. It's um, it's it's like uh, we are in God's temple at all times because that's the body we were given, and to like really fully be immersed in your life, it's given me that chance to be able to be fully immersed in what I do, and that every single moment is 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 given to me as a gift it's a it's a beautiful gift just to be alive to experience suffering like the miracle of that the miracle of wow my you know i've got a crazy headache today what a what an experience to be able to feel that headache at all like if i didn't have this body i wouldn't be able to to get that perception you know that's a it's a gorgeous thing and sweet headache
2: bro (laughs) it's a sweet headache (laughs) headache.
1: (laughs) you know they still suck it's not like it's not like you're gonna get away from it sucking but the the sucking has a certain poetry it's like you have Mm -hmm. you have the ability to experience something that that you were given a gift to be able to have a body with the range of emotions and feelings and that's a beautiful thing and yeah so i give thanks for that and so for the listeners out there i met david um, during my pre-initiation ceremony um, over the course of the last couple of months. And um, we did a podcast on that. So if you're not familiar, you can catch up on that. Um, but uh, I had a chance to meet you and have some sacred space with you, brother. And my, uh, my question to you is, uh, I know that you have journeyed with the medicine, I know that it has impacted you deeply and um, you were at the ceremony more as, uh, as help and assist. And I know your partner was there having an, an experience as well. Um, but when you did have your first Iboga experience, what was your experience like? How has it translated to your life? And where are you now because
2: of it? Mm-hmm. Multifaceted question. question. Ha.
0: Well, um, my journey with Iboga... Started uh, many years ago, um, at least four, five, six years ago or so. I, I can't even recall it. Time is funny now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I've been journeying for a while, right? In Taoism, there's no master. There's wayfinder, mm-hmm. right? You find your way and you travel it. There's really no s- sense of mastery. Uh, So we are constantly on path. We are constantly seeking. And I went all the way to China for, for my path. And Mm -hmm. so I've definitely explored some extreme ways, right? Medicine being one of them. And, you know, as a youth I did the mushrooms and the acids and the DMTs and the salvias Mm -hmm. and the whatnots. And, uh, Later, I evolved into the spiritual application of those medicines: uh, ayahuasca, mescaline, uh, things of that sort. Really seeking, and uh, I wanted to break down my worldview, break down my paradigm, uh, so I can open my eyes to the abundance that actually surrounds us. And uh, medicine really helped me with that. However, the very first time I tried iboga. Uh, circumstance was such, uh, I could only get away a weekend. I only had so much money. I met our brother, uh, Steven yep. who hosted and led the service. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I did it that night and it, it didn't, didn't land for me.
2: Mm-hmm. I Fantastic.
0: had too much previous experience. I, I went in with a full cup. I was like, this is what it should be like. When's it going to hit me? When's it going to hit straight me? up, bro? <laughs> And uh, by the time night uh, night passed, I was so upset. I was so unsatisfied. I didn't have any type of hallucination. I didn't have any type of visual. I didn't meet my soul. Uh, I got nothing from it. From what I man. thought
1: was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think it. that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And funny. then I'm a big guy. I got high tolerance. Steven dosed the shit out of me. Yeah. And I was not allowing myself to experience it. Mm-hmm. And so the very next day, I took a nap and I said, I'm leaving. I didn't stay. I didn't do the the river ceremony. I didn't eat his food. I didn't do a reflection or conversation check-in. Mm-hmm. I was mad. Mm-hmm. And oh. uh, I'm a big guy. And so S- Stephen, he was like, okay, just go.
1: Just, yeah. You're fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: And my wife came and got me and on the way back down from Northern California to the Bay where we were living, we passed through my father's house. And I have a funny relationship with my dad and my dad was on his way out. He was dying. Okay. And I sat with my dad. So all that left the medicine went straight to my dad's house and he started to cry and say, sorry. And I wasn't same way. I wasn't ready for the medicine. I wasn't ready for that medicine either. Yeah, sure.
1: Wow.
0: And bro. then as he was talking to me, uh, <laughs> Iboga kicked back in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love
0: that so much. And then I got, I, I started to see the thing, the, the, the medicine, I was like, whoa, I, I need to sit up for this. Let me be present to what my dad is saying. So it
2: was the emotion that you felt was maybe the the key. Something, something clicked and I was able to
0: be present with my dad and it wasn't what I wanted. It was what I needed. Mm. And it wasn't the way I thought it was going to happen. It completely surprised me. Wow. And again, fate and destiny. It worked out just the way it needed to for to have my experience. And so, uh, you know, after that, I called up Steve and I said, I'm sorry. You know, uh, I realized I came at this wrong. Uh, Let me save up and do this proper. And so I set aside a good portion of my budget, you know, for the next few paychecks and uh, took about a year to set aside not only the money but the time because yeah. Yeah. we had to spend quite a whole week for that mm-hmm. and so when i did it again boom, that's when yeah. i met my soul uh met my first the first way you know, david way i met the first way oh, of yeah. my uh, ancestral line I met uh, the first Phillips from my dad's line uh i met my grandfather met my uh, teachers um uh, met And a a child that I had aborted uh, when I was in high school got complete with that. Uh, Just life changing. Yeah,
1: bro.
2: Goosebumps,
1: uh, man.
0: Really, really broke it down for me. And so now I've never really felt the need to do anything else.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: mushrooms. I'm still. You know, you'd still seek Uh, ayahuasca. There's people that do it every weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did eat boga and. I'm done pal pal bro <laughs> I'm good it's a, and yeah. that was again what four or five six years ago now at this point and I'm still good yeah no desire no seeking I'm complete in yeah. that work and uh, so my wife saw it and she's like ah, maybe that's for me too yeah. <laughs> and so she had same experience she tried it one time didn't like it uh, figured out that it's worth trying again. Yeah. And so that time that we met was her trying it again for the full thing, and
1: she did so great, bro. That was really beautiful to watch.
0: Hmm. Thank you for receiving that long story. I'm very rounded. Oh
1: no, it's 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 a beautiful, no, man, beautiful, that beautiful was, story. That was compelling. I was I was glued the whole time, man. It's funny because a boga is such a powerful healer that it knows when you are not ready to hear it, but it's going to keep working on you. And so yeah, it's a it's 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 a really cool reflection hearing you go to your dad's house and having that kick back in because that's what it continues to do for me. I'll have moments where I'll be like, you know, was I crazy? Did that? Do I really feel this good? <laughs> do I really feel this happy? And I'll get into a little funk or something, and then something will show me very directly that I was absolutely absolutely correct. That medicine is 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 something that I don't, I don't even know. It's, it's beyond words because it knows you, it knows you innately. It knows how to speak to you and it continues to do so. And like you said, you know, you, you do it and you're good. And it's sort of like, there's no more seeking in the medicine world at that point because you've kind of, you've kind of, you've kind of seen it. You've seen what you were looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Iboga, too, end-all be-all for me in that other experiences, other medicine journeys, though wise, though powerful, you kind of just get what they give you. Yeah. You know, mushrooms, you just get what you get. Acid, you get what you get. DMT, you get what you get. Ayahuasca, you get what you get. Profound. Yeah. But when you come to, how well does that experience translate? For sure. And how well are you able to apply the lessons that you got from that journey to your standard day-to-day life? Right. Oh, it makes sense when you're in the zone. Yeah. But go back to work on Tuesday and like, what does it mean?
1: How do you integrate it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I feel like other medicines give you this fantasy world in some ways. Like, you know, for my ayahuasca experiences, I did get a lot of of benefit from doing ayahuasca, but it shows you a world that almost isn't useful. And then a boga medicine does this thing where it's absolutely directly applicable to your life and shows you exactly what you're missing in order to live a happy life. It, it makes your life medicine is what it does. You can go back to your life and see the beauty and the little simple things again, you know, like it's like being a kid again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And
0: It's it's a beautiful teacher too. In that, you know, our host Stephen invited us to write questions, set goals, set intentions. Who do you want to talk to? Who do you want to get complete with? Where do you want to go? And then you have a directed experience, a guided journey to settle and resolve those karmas, and. Like for me, I went with the intention of meeting my ancestors. I went with the intention of resolving with the aborted child yeah. from high school, right? and I was able to go specifically to those things and address them and heal them. Yeah. Whereas ayahuasca, how long would I have to go around about? Or uh, mushrooms, how long would I have to go around about hoping that I could touch on those things? Yeah. Uh, whereas iboga, very directed.
2: To work done. Yeah, it's a very directed experience. I feel like things shift collectively with the collective vibration. And I feel like for so long, maybe the past 10, 15 years, um, ayahuasca has been the big it medicine for a lot of people. And um, just, you know, in my immediate sphere of what I'm seeing, it seems like a boga it's, we're entering an age where a boga is becoming more resonant with what people are wanting to experience and learn and, and enter, you know, Um, this has come from someone who hasn't, hasn't done either. I haven't done ayahuasca or a boga, but seeing, You know, me and Skip are very connected energetically. We do everything together. Our work, our you know, spiritual path through our through our music, very tied. So energetically, um, just seeing and and feeling and witnessing how it has transformed you has transformed me as well. You know, become become medicine for and just the fact that it's becoming medicine for me, that means it's medicine for my whole family, for my baby, for my for my kids, for my lady. You know and for all the listeners of the music all the listeners of the podcast and <clears throat> the, the way that i see it is i the way that i've perceived it through the through my understanding is that it is just the clearest connection to your higher to your higher self so it's not so much uh, a speci- maybe it still is a specific plant medicine with its own energetic imprint but it it's able to embody your higher self, which is the most relative way to <clears throat> communicate to you these things that are then much easier understood.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that I think that anytime that we can go in and heal
1: trauma, we can see like that's a very that's a very um clear way of seeing how it affects the entire entire world. Because we're like a web of integration. So somebody can go in and heal their traumas. They effectively heal so much around them. I mean, that's just just it clears up the space for other people to do the same thing, yeah. yeah, For sure. And to that end, you know,
0: this is why I feel so open and transparent with my journey. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. for so long I wanted to maintain this image of the Kung Fu guy and the monastic and I wanted to play into that stereotype. Mm. And I didn't want to tell the world that I paid for my China trip by selling weed. I didn't want to tell the world that I did all these spiritual journey medicines or Donnie Boga. Uh, but to that end, my healing is all of our healing. Right. And so if I'm holding back my experience. Then I'm holding back my, my heart yep. and it's hard to grow in that
2: way. Well, It's through the a- authenticity too, that you're choosing now that you're honoring the experience for being perfect in the way that it was. And that gives other people, the permission Mm -hmm. to be what they are. And that's the real medicine, right? It's the self love. As Skip says, you know, as he's told me, the answer to all those questions were the same. Yeah. Did you have that? (laughs) Did you have that experience as well? Yes, I. It's all, it's all loving
1: yourself, man. It's just, it's a deep, it's a deep, um, it's a deep thing because there's many layers to that. And self love is something that, um, it's a never ending journey. I never really even had it i had i had small dimensions of it you know and to really fully love myself in 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 all of my forms to not not try to be something that i'm not to be truly me you know that's that's the gift that that i'm thankful for you know and loving myself right where i'm at at any at any given moment like full acceptance and self-worthiness you know that's the that's the juice yeah. And that's a Kung Fu. Yes, Kung Fu. <laughs>
0: Loving Kung Fu. yourself when it sucks. <laughs>
1: you know, it's, it's funny, you know, you were saying that Kung Fu, you know, you you didn't want people knowing you be paid this way and you did these medicines, but that's Kung Fu, brother. <laughs> you know, you, you Kung Fu'd your way into self-mastery and, you know, continue to do, to do so. And that's, that's honorable. And that's how we, that's how we grow. Kung Fu of the heart and the mind. Right on. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I like that kung
0: fu yourself in a past. Right? <laughs> it's I just see it as all blessing, all for it. Because again, from Richmond, a young man of color like myself, if I'm going to travel the world the way that I have, I probably have to join the military. Yeah. Right to see the world from from Richmond. If you're going to travel like that, you got to join the military, and you got to go and learn how to kill brown people mm-hmm. and poor people, and so many of my friends yeah they saw the world traveling base to base to base but at cost
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: and so how fortunate to have found a path that has carried me around the world to love people and to introduce people to themselves and to build communities of practice and to share joy through practice and cultivation uh, very foreign uh, otherwise not possible it took hard work yeah. so Kung Fu.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. So what do you find yourself doing these days as a as a human being? In the, you're in Oakland, right? San Mateo. We moved out of Oakland. Oh, San Mateo. That's right. Yeah. So now, um, what do like you find yourself doing these days? These days, not much of nothing. Uh, we're on lockdown
2: yeah.
0: here. Yeah. Uh, rest of the world. And so... I spend a lot of time in front of this very computer screen, uh, doing lectures, doing classes, teaching movement, doing teleconsults, um, this this, is where I'm at. And especially now with all these fires, uh, I think the same air quality is up where you guys yeah, are. It's in insane, London, bro. Yeah, it's insane. West Coast. And so we got our air filters pump in, nobody's going outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my students came over to visit me the other day and full on like
1: hazmat
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just cause the smoke is it's so crazy. Bad. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. How's that been for you? How, how has the, the the global pandemic, the current, you know, social climate, how's that? Has that, have you found some medicine in this?
0: All blessing. Yeah. All blessing. Uh, and I'm fortunate to have a view to receive hardship as blessing mm-hmm. uh, sure we're locked down, but I don't have to run around so much i don't have to spend hours in traffic uh, commuting uh, running from place to place. Uh, I get to just be yeah. in one place big blessing huge blessing uh, you know I don't have to <clears throat> deal with uh, so many other hustles and bustles right. Uh, things just come to me now. Mm. Like I'm not pitching classes or, or promoting myself in any way. Uh, but Hey, let's be on this uh, podcast. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, teach this class here. And so literally from my home, the world is coming to me. Yeah. And so I see that as blessing. I also see that as, um, you know, a privilege. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Uh, I'm very, very fortunate, very, very grateful, and uh, very, very giving. I spend a lot of my time giving my time, giving my instruction, volunteering my view uh, in service uh, because I recognize I have a lot of luxuries available to me.
1: Yeah, that's how we translate privilege into blessing for other people, for sure. We take that that seriously, and we do good work in the world, and continue to love ourselves and others, you know, that's the, that's the best thing we can do.
2: That's the, you know, it's also the merit of taking the time to do what we know is needed in our heart. You know, we're, we're born with, with, with our passions and and the things that excite us and the things that we naturally gravitate towards. And a lot of people go, well, who am I to receive this blessing and do this? Because all these people in the world are, are underprivileged and don't get to receive this. But if you don't take that seriously and really receive that blessing, you don't, be get, you don't get to become the lighthouse that gets to cast that out onto all of your, the people that you love and to the whole world. You can't suffer enough to change somebody else's suffering. That's right. But you can bless, you can bless yourself enough to then outpour that blessing onto right. others, you know? Right. And you seem to be a great example of that, sir.
0: Wow, you guys summed that up so fresh. Thank, thank you so much. Bless uh, up, bro. We're just flowing here, right? Yeah. We had ideas that we wanted to explore, but yeah. I haven't really expressed what I feel into words. So thank you so much for summing it up so much more
1: concise. Oh, brother, it's a
2: beautiful co-creation. Thank you, bro. Well, I know that you know whether or not the wor- I mean, because words are just a, a, a very kind of one-dimensional manifestation of, of knowing, it, knowing is deep and rich and we have, we all have senses of that, but um, it's been one of my gifts is being able to communicate it to others through my music and through things like podcasts and doing life coaching now, which has been very, very rewarding. i um, something that I've always been interested in, but now I find myself, especially through this quarantine, I found myself with so much time to work on myself and to cultivate joy and happiness and passion and, and just general positivity. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I got to share this with more people. I got to do something. And it's not even like a job, man. It is so fun. It is so in fun. It's great.
0: Yeah. And I love that, you know, with regards to life coaching, uh, we all know how to get a six pack. We all know how to lose weight or quit smoking. Mm -hmm. We all know there's enough information out there, uh, but what's lacking is the inspiration. And so taking time to actually touch a life, be with someone, um, especially when we're separated and segregated and six Mm. feet apart and don't go outside, don't interact with your neighbor, snitch on someone who's not wearing a mask. Human connection is really critical these days in this information age where we can double click and find out anything we want to know about anything. Yeah. uh, It's the inspiration and human connection. Mm -hmm that's really needed. So I, I love that you're taking the time to share your blessings and connecting with people. And
2: Yeah. And it's, know. and it's doesn't even feel like that. It feels more like I'm just receiving more blessings because <laughs> I, I get, you know, and I, I get to quantify and put into words and structure what it is and how, how I believe. And I get to communicate that to someone and see how it lands. And if it doesn't land quite land quite right, I get to restructure it in another way. And it, and it, it hones my mind it sharpens my focus and my spiritual my spiritual kung fu it mm-hmm. gives me it my gives it gives me a, a beautiful a, a mirror to do it and um i leave the sessions when the session goes right and i'm totally in the flow and i'm not resisting and i'm just in that magic place i leave those sessions just absolutely catalyzed invigorated vivacious joyous you know yeah that's it well. Win win, yeah. Well, I feel like we're coming to a a, a natural um, time here where I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with us, offering yourself. um I want to th- also thank you for just living your path, like I said before, of, of following your heart and uh, accepting the blessings right. that you're worthy of. Because because now you are a light that shares that with the world. If people are um, curious about Uh, you and your teachings and want to maybe engage in a a zoom session or something with you to learn from you, how can they do so? Don't don't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I'm busy enough. All right. <laughs> respect. No. Oh, so now people are going to be knocking down your door. Yeah, bro, that's now that the, you said no. That's the best sales tactic I've
1: ever heard in my life, bro. You just sold I me. I don't want
0: to be found. No, yeah. So please don't post my links. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like my weeding out process. Yeah. You know, I, here in the Bay Area, <clears throat> it's kind of soup du jour. You know, you throw a rock and you'll hit a master. It'll ricochet, hit three more because... Martial arts in the Bay Area has such a rich history. Mm. And so, who am I? You know, here I am, a young practitioner. People have been teaching longer than I've been alive. Yeah. And so, who am I to come to the scene and be like, come to my class? Mm. Right. Straight up. <clears throat> so, I've always kept a closed door. Yeah. In that regard, I've never promoted or advertised. And <clears throat> in that, too. Um, I kind of get to uh, attract who I want versus, nice. you know, uh, you know, come one, come all. And if, I attract, if I speak to the masses, then I have mm. to accommodate the masses. Mm. And then I kind of lose my flavor. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cause now I'm no longer in a place of practice. I'm a place of customer service. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I don't promote or advertise. That's very, very, very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Just come, you know, and then, if someone really puts the effort into finding me, then I know that they're a serious seeker. Yeah, and yeah. not just, oh, let me try this. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, let me try this class out. Yeah. You know, there's so many kind of soup du jour yeah. practitioners out there. Wow. Uh, and I'm not interested in that. I really want to work yeah. with people that are interested in growth and hard work.
2: Oh, it's a beautiful so way to honor the elders, too. Timing. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like you have an inherent understanding of the subtle energetics. Of attraction, of manifestation, yeah. of where obviously, you know, it's knowing it's knowing your worth, knowing what you have to offer and knowing it may not even be for everyone. And what that ends up doing is it ends up attracting the right people at the right place in the right time, which can, you know, better cater to you and your lifestyle as well. Straight up. Which makes you a, a better place to be a teacher. So. Yeah
0: so yeah thank you for asking don't look for me everyone's (laughs) definitely
2: looking for you oh no they're looking for you they're gunning for you bro they're coming in heat seeking Uh, missiles bro
1: what a very mysterious way to end the podcast Uh, yeah (laughs) well we love you brother thank you for being on the show David Way means a whole lot to us David Way the mental oriental we love you bro it's the Living (laughs) Newbiously podcast thanks for tuning in
2: lessons alive I have an optimal theory for playing the
1: game
0: Whatever you
1: focus upon becomes your truth.